everyone. Hello and welcome to the weekly, sometimes bi-weekly podcast. Sometimes whenever we feel like it. Sometimes whenever we can. All of the news is good news and I'm one of your hosts, Tessa. And I'm your other host, Marina. Welcome to the pod. How have you been the last couple weeks, Marina? Uh, school's done now. So that's, done. that's nice. We're like a week out from the holidays. Big ol' Xmas. It is. And we missed last week because, as you know, we went to PodCon. Or I went to PodCon and we went to Portland in Seattle. Yeah, I did not go to PodCon. But you had a great time in Seattle. I did. I ate a lot of food. Yeah, I had a whole food tour. Yeah, Different restaurants. And alcohol. Which, I don't really drink a lot of alcohol, so... That that, hit you hard. that That was a rough day for me. And a rough morning after. Portland was beautiful. Can I just say, we stayed in this beautiful Airbnb that was right on one of the main, like right on a main street that had a bunch of cute little shops and Mm -hmm. restaurants and right close by to transit. So we were able to get downtown and go to Powell's Books and do fun, cute, touristy stuff. There was, there was a lot of homeless people in Portland. And in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot. And that was, I mean, that's just a part of traveling is you get to see the like, not touristy parts and some of those are not exactly happy no um it just reminded me how much bigger of a city those cities are than edmonton because we have homeless people in edmonton but we don't or at least i've never just walked by the droves or like the tent city that they've built you know people build themselves to stay warm and i think in part that's because most of the tent cities in edmonton are in the river valley so oh, they're hidden, okay, yeah. right? They're hidden. But in Portland, the tent cities are everywhere. Right downtown. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's a very, like, visual reminder it makes of me the hope- privilege we have. Oh, yeah. Incredibly. Yeah. Like, with the, you know, just there but for the grace of God, am I not homeless? <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. It's true. It's, and it makes me hope that, you know, all the homelessness news that we had last episode, like, I hope some of that helps out people in Portland and Seattle, the people that we saw. Mm-hmm. You know, get him, get him a vending machine. Get him a house to live in. Get him a micro house, man. Just get there. Oh. I want to be really rich and buy a big house and just, you know, give it to people who don't have homes. Goals. God. I also just want a farm. Yeah, a farm and That's a camp. That's kind of unrelated, but... We've got, like, camp dreams up in uh, Scarrison House. It's true. I'm going to start a camp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but PodCon was really fun. It was great to travel with you guys. We got to drive through the night. Yeah, we drove 16 hours both ways. Straight. Like, Which, no stopping, really. I have to say, I'm never doing again unless we're there for a longer amount of time. It's not worth it for just, you know, a no. day of travel for, like, a one day, day in Portland. Portland. It wasn't worth it. Not worth it. Because then we had, like, to travel to Seattle, um, and then we only had a couple of days in Seattle, and then, yeah. It just, it was unfortunate. It was unfortunate. Next time, I really want to go back. I want to take Jared basically to like and stay in the exact same house that we stayed at in Portland because mm-hmm. it was so. It cute. was such a pretty. It was a little carriage house at the back of a, like a Victorian style home, with like a gorgeous little like, curated backyard. His and garden was, and the carriage yeah. house had its own little greenhouse that you could sit in. It was and so look nice. At the garden and their neighbors, like not the one the people we stayed at, but their neighbors had chickens. So through the window you could see the chickens clucking around in their garden. Mm-hmm. It was just it was magical. Oh, Jesus. I <laughs> I asked if the sound was off. And I thought it was off. Womp womp. Mm, That's bad. okay. Pobody's nerfix. 
All right. No, Tessa. I've got like so it's much. It's hilarious because it was a Facebook ad about you. Let Tessa know if you can make it to the Pride and Prejudice Marathon. Oh, yeah, because I, I invited you to that because I thought you might be interested. They've been doing, um, like, this is there's this group in town that does, called Regency Encounters, that does all kinds of, like, historical events and, like, Pride and Prejudice, BBC marathons, and, like, a ball and stuff. And I've always been interested in going, and I've never been able to go, just because it's expensive. Yeah, and, like, it is. never at times that I can go. But, anyway... This you want to fun. jump on into the news this week? Oh, wait. Let's first talk about how excited you are for Christmas. I'm so excited for Christmas. I'm excited to see my mom and my sister, and I'm excited to eat food. I'm so excited for the food. I'm excited to give presents. I have to finish wrapping a couple of them. And later today, Brayden and I are going to go out shopping again. Get those final little bits. Yeah, so nice. that's nice. I'm so excited. As we know from my birthday episode, I like, I love getting presents. I also love giving presents. And because I'm super broke, I don't have, like, I'm not able to buy presents this year, which kind of sucks because then I forgot about how soon Christmas is. So I've got a lot of presents to make this week, but Mm -hmm. I can get it done. I can get it done. Good luck, homie. Thanks. It helps because I'm unemployed. So I've got lots of time. True. Anyway, it's nothing but good news here on Good News, everyone. Let's talk about the news. Shall What's we? happening in the news today? First off, we're going to talk about our adoptable animal of the week. So Ooh. this comes from dogtails.ca, which is based in Ontario. I think it's close to Toronto. Mm-hmm. So we got our first little dog called Saiba. Siba. Oh my gosh, she's wearing a little flower crown. She is this beautiful, like, tan and white dog. It looks a bit like a shepherd. Um, I with a flower her. crown of roses. She's a female Asian shepherd mix who's approximately four years old. Siba is known as the Beyonce of the dog world. I this love is it. why I picked Siba because Marina loves Beyonce. I do love Beyonce. love Beyonce. Um, she has to go to an experienced home. No cats or dogs. Um, but that's okay because you wouldn't need any other cat or dog if Not you nice. had. Siba. If you had C Beyonce, oh, portmanteau. No, I'm gonna stop that. <laughs> she would like to have like an experienced adult take care of her, cause um, you know, somebody to provide that structure and guidance, and would be happiest being the only pet in the home, because you know, if you want Destiny's Child, you got to go with a different dog. Yeah, it's true. And I'm out of Beyonce references. Siba's better as a solo player. And she's so cute. She's wearing this little purple shawl in the photo oh. and a flower crown. <laughs> I, I just want to reinstate I that. I know how much you would love the flower crown. It's uh all right. Next animal. Do they all have flower crowns? I don't think so. Oh man. But there's Tibet. Aw, hi Tibet. Tibet looks like my old dog Missy. That's why I picked her, cause she looks like a, she's like a little uh Shih Tzu. T- oh Tibert. Tibert. There's an R in there. Oh. Tibert is a male Shih Tzu mix that is approximately Wait, six years but old. But no, because in the next line it says Tibet again. <gasps> Tibet or Tibert. I th- I'm going to go with k- Tibet because the rest of them have. Because the rest of them okay. are Tibet. So I think then, the Tibet is a, is a yeah. mistype. But also, new pet idea, like name idea, Tibet? Tibet. I'm into it. Tibet. Tibet or Tibet? Tibet, come here. <laughs> the perfect family for Tibet would work on his manners and training every day. He Aww. is dog friendly, but is looking for an experienced home. Because uh, he does not like to be overwhelmed with attention sometimes. And, you know. Gotta make sure you know he needs his own space. 
That's so sweet. He looks like such a little happy dog. He's like poking his head over a bouquet of flowers. So he's not wearing a flower crown, but he's wearing like a flower vest in a sense. Almost. The flowers are all in front of him. So one thing about Dogtail's rescue and sanctuary is... They're fancy. They're a fancy place. And they also care for our beautiful horses. Oh, they have That's horses. the name, dogtails.ca slash r-beautiful-horses. They uh, are a caring sanctuary for old, abused, and retired horses. The majority of their horses are rescued directly from auction. And That's so uh, the staff work with the horses daily to help them regain con- confidence and trust. Horses are not available for adoption. They just, it's kind of, I think it's kind of like. It's just these, a sanctuary. It's a sanctuary for all these senior horses. Yeah. Currently they have about 70 horses. And look at these beautiful babies. Aww. There's one called Barbie who's a She clown. looks like a Barbie doll. She's got blonde hair. Uh, Raphael. You know, he's, you know, he's a saucy minx. He's, you know, lady killer. Giselle is I'm, beautiful. I'm a fan of Rosie. Rosie's so beautiful. She got this long hair and this black horse with a big white stripe down her. I love horses. If you couldn't guess, I was one of those uh, kids growing up who got obsessed with horses for a good at least three oh, or four years. Oh no, you were a horse girl? I never owned a horse. I never even rode a horse except for like the ponies at but the fair one time. But you were a horse time. girl. I was a horse girl. See, yeah. Uh, I like grew up in a small town, and so like most of the people who went to our school came from the country. So there were a lot of horse people, but the biggest horse girl I ever knew was named Shelby, and she used to like neigh in gym class. Oh my and god! And she would run like a horse, like she would gallop, and wow. yeah, she was also a terrible friend. <laughs> so here's to you, Shelby. Here's to you. Oh, yeah, I never got that crazy with the horses. Sometimes I would pretend to be a horse, but, like, only in the privacy of my own home. You know, you know how you do. You pretend that you're an animal and living on the wild, and you gotta watch out for predators that are gonna kill you. They've got so many beautiful horses here. I want to pet them all. Okay, Tessa. It's time to move on. Horses are good. Okay, into the news. We're starting up. We've got, okay, let's just preface this. It's our last episode of the year. Mm-hmm. Big it is. Christmas special. Maybe not a whole lot of Christmas news because we kind of did some of that last episode. Yeah. But we're going to do more news, especially because, you know, it's two weeks without news. And it's just going to get extra weird. You know? Extra big, extra weird. Maybe not <laughs> actually weird. Marina's not on board with the weirdness. I mean, I didn't say I wasn't on board <laughs> with the weirdness, but I don't think any of the stuff we have today is particularly weird. I mean, there's that one bit of news that's weird. But first, let's talk about some of the most important news that's happened recently. Patreon apologizes. Good job, Patreon. Way to own your fuck up. So Patreon was, uh, for anybody who don't know, Patreon is a website where creators can sign up and then you pledge money to these creators so they can keep creating. So if you any of your favorite YouTubers or comic artists um, or like small time actors or performers, they will probably have a Patreon and you can pledge like money to them either mm-hmm. on a per month basis or a per thing created basis. Yeah. And that's how a lot of artists get their income nowadays because, you know, there's the world is not kind to artists. Yeah, it's just like the Renaissance era, right? Where you yeah. would have patrons of the art, except now we have digital formats to do so digital which is great and you don't have to be a rich asshole to be a patron of the arts no you can just donate one dollar a month which a lot of people do 
And then Patreon introduced a thing where everybody would have to pay a lot more fees so that the creator didn't pay fees. The people who were giving the creators money would pay more fees. So if you were donating a dollar, you would have to pay like an extra 50 cents on top of that or something. Mm -hmm. Like it was a large percentage. And a lot of the reason why people only donate a dollar is because that's all they can afford. So creators were very angry. They were like, we want to eat that cost. We don't want our patrons to do that. That doesn't make any sense. Um, Like, People were leaving. They were no longer able to, like, financially support their creators. Everybody was mad at Patreon. And so Patreon did what good businesses should. They listened to the people who use their product and apologized. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said, we are not going to roll out the changes to our payment system that we announced. Good. They're still going to fix the problems that those changes have addressed, but they're going to fix them in a different way. And they are going to work with like the creators and with patrons to come up with ideas, which they acknowledge is something they should have done the first time around. Um, they acknowledge that no apology will make up for a loss of income, but still they want to apologize. And I just think this is a really like, Patreon's not perfect. I'm not going to say that this is, you know, that they're still perfect. There are a lot of other... Maybe not a lot of, but there are other websites that you can go Mm -hmm. to for similar services. But I think it's so important that Patreon acknowledge their mistake. Because um, businesses don't do that a lot. They don't do that a lot. They'll just quietly, or they'll just fire the guy who made the mistake and be like, oh, sorry, uh, that was one wild card and we as a business don't condone what he did and um, we're stepping away from that. This is is Jack Conti himself who's like, yeah, no, we messed up. We're going to try and make it right. And I'm really, I'm really, yeah. I'm just proud of Patreon for for acknowledging it. Anyway, this is the weird news. The Pentagon uh, ran a secret multi-million dollar UFO program. Uh, this was posted on the 17th of December, which was, what, yesterday? This was, yeah, this is pretty yeah. recent. So the Pentagon apparently has been running a secret multi-million dollar program to investigate UFOs, um, which... Began in 2007 and was reportedly closed in 2012. And it just, like I, I uh, mentioned this to Marina earlier, it reminds me of one of my favorite jokes. I mean, if you're bad at identifying things, anybody, anything in the air could really be a UFO. I mean, that's true. But All it is is unidentified. You just don't know what it is. The New York Times says documents from the operation describe strange speeding aircraft and hovering objects. But at the same time, just because they have those descriptions it doesn't necessarily prove that there's alien life not to say that i don't believe in alien life i totally do um but i feel like they're not they're not bothering with us i feel like we don't have any reason for them to bother with us they're just like let's just stay away from those carbon we're just gonna let them do their thing let's just let's go over there they think their brain is made of meat it's very weird maybe in 300 years they'll be a little bit more yeah Once they stop being super shitty and only become partly shitty. So, this is a nice weird news. Um, So, although its funding ended in 2012, officials have reportedly continued to investigate sightings of unusual aerial phenomena and suspicious objects alongside their daily duties. And this program cost the Department of Defense more than $20 million um, before it was shut down in order to save costs. But, like... That's but, a lot of money that's that you so could much use money. into, like, helping the homeless in America. Yeah. That's Come just... on, guys. I mean, you should look at their defense, but, like, the defense budget oh, itself God. is basically it's, a yeah. gong show. 
Anyway, so this is some nice, fun, weird news. Move on to the next one. This one's just plain happy. Metro employee in Houston, Texas saves people from a burning car after a crash. Can, can you say Houston again? Houston. Houston? It's Houston. Houston. Okay, I can't pronounce words correctly. Houston. Like Houston. Okay, I thought it was Houston. 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 It's like a little owl. Woo-hoo. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Houston. Yeah. And then now you're like, Houston. There's a liquid yeah. you. Owls yeah. don't say Hugh. No, I'm saying you You were like an owl. Oh, yes. But I, I am like an owl, indeed. In many ways. Like, I only eat mice. Um, So a rescue that could have ended in tragedy has instead led to a train technician being lauded as a hero. Because he fucking saved two people from a crashed vehicle before it burst into flames. Yeah. Um, his name was Liang Ear, also known as Terry. And he was alerted to the vehicle crash in East Houston on November 20th. Uh, and there's Facebook, um, or there's Facebook video of a car crashing head-on into a light post near a rail crossing. And uh, Ear, the Metro Rail technician, can be seen on the video going up to the car. Uh, he was flagged down by a man on a bicycle, and then Ear, along with help from two passerbys, pulled two people out of and away from the vehicle, which had smoke steadily growing. Oh yeah, so it was about to... It was about to explode, which is not something that happens a whole lot, as we know from Mythbusters. But then the car did later erupt into flames. And then it did completely erupt into yeah. flames. So, um, Ear says that I think that what I did, probably anyone or most people would have done, and I'm just happy that they're safe, that they're alive. He said he doesn't see himself as a hero, which means he's a real hero. If, you know, That's the true. movies are anything to go by, this guy's a good dude. Heroes are people who don't think they're heroes. But they also have to do heroic stuff. Oh, also that, yeah. <laughs> they can't just live their life and be like, I don't think I'm a hero. Let me eat more chips with chopsticks. I don't know. I think that's pretty heroic. That's uh, true. That's completely changed my life. So good on you, I hope Terry there's ear. an ear hanging out when I get into a car crash, if I get into a car crash. Right? Gosh, just passerbys. Just people helping people. Mm-hmm. You gotta be a people helping other people in this world. Uh, this is some news that's just super happy. Oh yeah, a 16-year-old uh, got into Harvard and there's a viral video of him finding out. Um, and it's just so fucking cute. It's just heartwarming and just pure joy. Yeah. Um, so apparently um, Ayrton Little posted a clip on Twitter Tuesday with a comment that said, All the hard work was worth it. Uh, and it's just a video... Of him, like, losing his shit when he found out he got into a Harvard. Yeah, he logged onto the account to see and got the acceptance letter. And, like, whole like, whole class is behind him waiting. And he jumps up. I got in! Everybody is jumping and cheering and so happy. Mm, one person's it's, success is everyone's success. It makes, yeah. It just warms my heart. It warms mm. my heart. Uh, Little has told the Boston Globe... He always dreamed of attending the Ivy League school in Cambridge and that he has received a wave of support from viewers of the video. Because, of course, like, yeah. this guy got into Harvard. I can't, I'm not, I wouldn't get into Harvard Me? with the grades I had. Neither. Gosh. Nope. And the viral video is just, ugh, it's, it's just, just so a... great. It's just so great. He's so sweet. He's also wearing a Harvard Letterman jacket when he does it. Like, he's just so excited to like, go there. Like, he just wants Harvard. He wants to learn so bad. Also, I feel like in Canada, we don't have schools that people get excited about like that. Not really. I think there's a couple programs that are super uh, small that people mm-hmm. get excited about. But schools in general, we don't have these big yeah. Ivy League 
public schools. We don't have any universities that, like, no universities that I can think of that are based in Canada get, like, have the same prestige associated with them. I mean, maybe McGill? Yeah, I mean, I I can't really speak too much on it because I had a really weird post-secondary experience. Like, I took a break from high school before going to post-secondary, and I only applied to one school and that M1 program. That's the one that I got in. Well, because it's completely different, like, getting into universities here here than in the States. Because you basically just have to, like, fill out an application and be like, okay, thank you. Like, you don't have to write heavy essays. You don't have to take SATs. You don't, like... No. We just, like, show up and are like, hi, can I come to school? And they're like, you got $2,000? And we're like, yeah, I guess. We're like, cool. There's also $1,000 in fees. Fucking fees. Fucking fees. My next semester at university is about $4,000. And I'm like, I don't have that money. Thank God for student loans. Thank God for student loans. I mean, a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just, I'm so excited you're almost done school, babe. You must be so excited, too. too. Okay, this one, I just kind of want to say the headline and not even discuss it, because yeah. a lot of people are going to be discussing it. Also, like, it's just very draining. It's just draining to think about, but it is good news. Democrat Doug Jones defeats Republican Roy Moore in stunning Alabama Senate upset. Republican Roy Moore, who was running for office, even though he's like abused a, children. Yeah, the literal worst. Um, one thing I would like to say about this is that when um, Roy Moore actually went to, like, vote that day, because everyone votes, he rode in on a horse wearing his cowboy hat. Yeah, I heard of this. Yeah. And um, people on Twitter were like, never has it been more appropriate to say fuck you in the horse you rode in on. So good. It's like, how cocky is that to be like, I'm gonna take my horse. I'm gonna do this. I'm just gonna run and bam. I will say when I first started hearing people like talking about Doug Jones on Twitter and how excited they were, I thought they meant the actor. Oh. Who does like who's uh yeah. in shape of water. Cause I'm pretty because his name is Doug Jones, right? I think so. I'm not just making that up. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, people are really excited about the shape of water. Which I mean they are. It's but this true. is a different Doug Jones, and I'm very happy for him for winning. Good anyway. job, Doug Jones. Some news! There's an eight-year-old boy who is saving Christmas for kids in Puerto Rico. Yeah. yeah I said it right. The eight, thank, good job, Tessa. This eight-year-old boy in New Jersey has collected more than a thousand toys uh, for children of Puerto Rico. His name is Jaden Perez, and he told his mother, Ana Rosado, that he wanted to donate his Christmas gifts this year to the children um, who were affected by hurricanes. And... Rosado's mom was like, no, why not Rosado do Rosado is the mom. Oh, sorry. Rosado is the mom. And suggested that uh, he take it a step further by having a toy drive. So, Rosado took a video of her son asking for donations on Facebook. And so far, the drive has collected more than a thousand toys and there are more toys coming. Rosado said a man had even reached out to her from Pennsylvania saying he had a trailer of toys that had been donated from his community. That's so, so awesome. this is great. Good job, Jaden. Yeah, those Gosh. are kids who are going to change the world. Look yeah. at them! All at, there's toys. all these boxes of toys. There's just the action figure of Kobe Bryant. Kobe! Hell yeah. It makes me happy. Because kids, you know, kids, kids need to deserve be able happiness. to play. Kids deserve happiness. Kids being good to... People being good to people! That's what good news is about, man! 
just true. people being good to people. You got really passionate about that. For I'm a so passionate about that. Update. Carrie Fisher's dog attended the premiere of The Last Jedi to watch his mom's final film. Yep. Um, Gary Fisher sat on uh, Carrie Fisher's old uh, assistant's lap, and his ears perked up every time he saw his mom on screen. Which, that just fucks me right up. That just, you know, that is, oh, apparently he was dressed in an X-Wing pilot costume. What? Of course he was. What? Oh, Oh, look at this costume. God damn it. He's so cute. This dog. What a sweet baby. He just loves his mommy. He loves his mom. I hope he's doing good. I hope he's getting lots of pets every day. Mm-hmm. Good old Gary Fisher. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about some science and tech news. Science moves. There's a breakthrough cancer test that identifies which of 15 drugs is most likely to eradicate tumors. So that's interesting. The FDA uh, has approved a breakthrough device that can match cancer patients with individualized treatment regimens with just one test, which that's so beneficial because we've often talked on the podcast about how um, cancer is not like a single thing that you can cure with another single thing. No. It's like vast and varied depending on who you are and where your cancer is and what kind of cancer it is. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, this is a really great development. Yeah. Apparently, the device can detect 324 specific genetic mutations and two genomic signatures. So, this would be great. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's known as a companion diagnostic, which means rather than screening patients for cancer itself, the test is used on patients who have already been diagnosed with cancer in order to determine which drugs or therapies are best suited for their individual case. So, fuck cancer. Kick it in its ass. You do it, scientists. Good job, scientists. Fucking Ugh. up cancer. Fucking up cancer. Eradicate it. Get rid of it. My mom had cancer. She had breast cancer, and it didn't affect her too hard. Like, the chemotherapy, she, all she got was sleepy. Like, she didn't get super sick from it. That's nice. Um, and she's over, like, this was back in 20... Gosh. No, yeah, like 2007. So she's been, like, 10 years out. You know, mm-hmm. doing just fine. It hasn't come back. But it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. And I can't imagine, like, other families who have it, who don't have it as, quotation marks, easy as it kind of was for us. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of support from the community. And, like I said, like, mom is doing just fine. Yeah. Cancer sucks. It does. Fuck cancer. It does. And also, fuck diabetes. Yeah. In a new study, researchers claim that they found a way to reverse type 2 diabetes, which I thought was always kind of a thing like my hannah my close friend hannah her dad had type 2 diabetes but he just like changed his life a whole hell of a lot and like has no symptoms anymore wow so that's maybe it's because uh it's been long believed the condition is manageable but not curable okay maybe i don't know a lot about type 2 diabetes for sure either um but Um, they're finding out that without requiring a new kind of drug or invasive surgery they can try to um, try to reverse it. Oh, yeah. According to findings published in the journal The Lancet, type 2 diabetes can be reversed through weight loss. More specifically, by reducing the amount of fat being carried in and around the abdomen as accumulated fat in this region impedes the function of the pancreas. So that would make sense then as to why Hannah's dad yeah. was, yeah. But there's also, it's not just, you know, 
an individual basis. This is one of the, like, that's one thing that's interesting to me is when you actually look at it, there's not a lot of, at least that I found, there's not a lot of, like, actual full-on scientific medical, uh, what was it, tests, I guess, or, or studies, where they track how weight loss, like, in a very large way, they track how weight loss affects things like type 2 diabetes. Like, it's always, you hear about individual people mm-hmm. who are like, oh, I stopped, I started eating nothing but grapefruit. And uh, I lost, like, all of the weight around my neck. And now I'm, like, super healthy and can bench press a car, or, you know, some individual stuff. Is you know, So this is exciting that it's actually being put to in a scientific study. Mm-hmm. So. Sometimes nice. no advanced tech is needed. Here's one that's gonna make my head spin, just based on this title. Yeah, a new experiment may finally reveal the true nature of gravity. So let's just read this first sentence. Quantum physicists have toiled to no avail for decades in their attempts to subsume gravity, the first cosmological force ever discovered, into quantum physics. Alright. Yep. Don't know what that means. Quantum mechanics is a theory concerned with all fundamental particles and the forces they undergo with the exception of gravitational attraction. Cool! I'm glad I'm not a scientist. I could read that. I have no idea what I read. So... That's, I'm, I'm very excited for them, but I don't quite know what it means. I'm glad I'm not doing it. Okay, let me see here. So quantum mechanics is a theory concerned with all of the fundamental particles and the forces they undergo, with the exception of gravitational attraction. Yeah. Okay, I can kind of understand that. It's like all the atoms and like everything inside the atoms. So, so in order to understand what happens inside a black hole or what took place during the Big Bang, the theories of gravity and quantum mechanics must be combined. The problem is, whenever this union is attempted, both theories fall apart. Okay, that they makes don't sense work together. to me. Okay. So, if gravity turns out to be a quantum mechanical force in hiding, then the entanglement we observe in photons could also apply to falling masses. In other words, if two objects, identical in every way besides horizontal position, were in free fall, then measuring the properties of one object could instantaneously affect the other. Ah, uh, never mind, part, you've lost me. That part me. lost me, but I mean, good I job, tried, scientists. Listeners, I tried to understand this to describe it to you. I don't. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. Um, some tech news. The World Bank will stop fossil fuel financing beginning in 2019. Who is the World Bank? I don't know. What world do they live? Um, I guess they made an announcement at the One Planet Summit called by French President Emmanuel Macron. Oh, and it's a, it provides loans to developing countries to foster economic growth. Okay, so they will no longer offer financial support for oil and gas exploration after 2019. Good! Oil and gas is so passe. It's so passe. Electricity is where it's at. And we gotta go on to the renewables. Like solar electricity is yeah. so crucial. So this is cool. So they provide loans for people who are needing it in the new countries, but they don't want space. I, th- I feel like they're just like, developing countries don't make the mistake that the states and like a lot of yeah other quotation marks developed countries have already made like let's just start out using other ways so that we don't completely shit on the planet yeah that's 
also across the world it's become a lot cheaper to be build renewable energy um than to operate and maintain existing coal power plants so nice. like we'll deal with that save the environment so the world bank's plan apparently does have a caveat for exceptional circumstances saying that they will consider financing upstream gas in the poorest countries where there is a clear benefit of energy access for the poor and the project fits within the country's paris agreement commitments so the Paris Agreement is a major factor in the decision, which is cool. We've talked a little bit about that yeah. on the pod already in, t- in terms of, like, environment What's happening. stuff. So that's cool. Yeah, I think, and it makes sense, too, because I, I do appreciate that they are making caveats for countries who maybe don't have any, like, fuck, what's the word? Any kind of resources in- to start? Infrastructure, infrastructure is the word I there was looking go. for. Yeah, like there's, it's, it's important that there be exceptions made, otherwise these poor countries are going to be even more, yeah. like, fucked than they already are. Exactly. Like, but, people need and energy. The fact that they're, they do have caveats that still make sure that they're following the Paris Agreement commitment, and like, there's a benefit for the people, that's a good thing. Great. Excellent. Great. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Pause for a second while I blow my nose because I'm about to sneeze. Cool. I'll check out all of these muskets I got. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> all right. Oh, buddy. What's next on our docket, Tessa? All right. Well, Tesla just announced six new projects to restore power in Puerto Rico. I really appreciate that Puerto Rico hasn't, like, disappeared. It, yeah. Um, that was one of my biggest fears about, like, the Puerto Rico hurricanes and all of the natural disasters that we were kind of dealing with the, earlier the news, this year. The news of people, we like to forget crisis that happened not in our own country. Yeah. Like, we forgot about Haiti really fast. Yeah. And even just, like, New Orleans. Like, parts of New Orleans are still dead and derelict and closed. Yeah. And that happened, like, more than ten years ago? That happened a long, long time ago. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm glad that uh, people are still talking about it. And I'm glad that Tesla is still doing stuff to help. Yeah. Um. There are the company is partnering with the local government to launch six, six new battery projects on two islands. That's so that's so great. great. That's great. Um, so it's the largest. Oh, apparently the largest energy contract in restoration effects ultimately went to Whitefish, which is a small energy company from Akana. We talked about this a we've, little bit, right? We talked about this, yeah. But and, Whitefish has halted work. Yeah, they were like only a company of only two people and like one of them gave a lot of money to donald trump so like the election so it was super fucky but But meanwhile tesla and tesla is like don't worry guys we're still here dedicating get dedicating ourselves to improving energy access and availability so these new energy projects will combine tesla power pack systems with solar arrays that are already in place on the islands to run microgrids until the main energy grid is repaired and fully operational. My basic hope for Puerto Rico is that all of these, like, new introductions of, like, infrastructure and electricity and, like, all of these, like, smart ways of taking care of energy. Like, Puerto Rico's gonna come up and come back better than ever. Like, y'all are gonna be just the best country. 
in 15 years from now. Puerto Rico is not a country. It's like a sort of state. But it's, yeah, it's its own kind of state. Yeah. Puerto Rico has a really weird relationship to the states because they're a property of the United States, but they're not quite a state. And I've never fully understood that, but that's colonization for you. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Anyway, good job, Tesla. Good job, good job Tesla. Good job, Tesla. Um, this new, is a, what? This is some kind of weird tech news. Uh, a new black metal album was just published, but it wasn't made by a human? So apparently an artificial intelligence has produced a five-track black metal album titled The Coditani? Coditani of Timeness. What is a Coditani? What does that mean? No idea. Is that a fancy AI word? Let's Google it. Coditani. doesn't pop up a definition mostly if you look up codetani basically it just pops up the codetani of timeness yeah so there's um apparently there's not like a definition of this word this word does not seem to exist okay great back to business good job ai making real humans fucking confused yeah, naming things weird <laughs> ways and uh, so just, ap- you know confused. apparently uh, the Coditani Coditney I'm gonna call it Coditney Coditney sounds better yeah Coditney Coditney uh, of Timeness is a product of a project that was undertaken by C J Carr and Zach Zakowski and it's a five track black metal album that features songs with Al. Algorithmically generated time titles like Timension and Wisdom Trippin'. Oh my so god, I'm so bad at pronouncing Like, words. I've heard of these um, algorithmically generated titles before. Like, mm-hmm. people have been playing with neural networks and AI to, like, come up with recipe title names. Or, like, title of YA books or dog oh, names Oh yeah, or and there's, there's been a Harry Potter chapter there book. There was a Harry Potter chapter book that was written from AI. AI. Um, apparently the music was produced by feeding an album called Diotima by Kralis into a neural network. The songs were broken down into short chunks, and then the system was asked to project how the next section of the track would sound before being told whether or not its prediction was correct, which is a common methodology for teaching an artificial intelligence how to operate. So at first, the sounds that were produced were noisy and grotesque, according to an interview with Carr published in The Outline. However, it became more sophisticated thanks to a process that saw as many as 5 million guesses at how a black metal song should sound made over the course of three days. So this robot just learned how black metal songs sound and um, was able to uh, just completely shred it. Good lord. All nice. right. Coditney of timeness. Coditney. Timension. I like the word timension. I do too. That's really cute. Good job, robot. All right. The U.S.'s first private high-speed train service is opening in Florida. Woo! Brightline Express will begin service in Florida during December and will hopefully provide the potential for high-speed rail in the U.S. Or prove the potential. I know. Why Florida? I I don't know. It's a $3 billion project by Brightline Express. Um, 
which is fantastic. And they're suggesting that it could take as many as 3 million cars off the street. That's great. We talked <laughs> about, we've talked about the high speed trains before and like the Hyperloop and how exciting it is and how great that would be. It so, could revolutionize transportation. So like if, you know, I'm so hoping this succeeds because if it does, it's so, that's so important. Yeah. This is like revolutionized transportation, just like mm-hmm. what you said. Just like what you said. So Brightline trains will begin their service in December. So that's now. Um, the private high-speed train service runs from West Palm Beach to Fort Lauderdale. Um, and service is expected to expand to downtown Miami in early next year. Um, and then in the future, they say that they have hopes that the train will run to Orlando as well. Um, and that's just like, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell Yeah. I'm into it. I love trains. I love riding on trains. It's so nice. It is. The train yeah. in Portland was um, super, you know, super clean and super sweet. Spoke with the voice. Doors will open on my left. Oh, I was like. Which I thought was fun. You're talking about the streetcar, the like LRT system that they have there. Yeah. I was like, we didn't take a train in Portland. In no. fact, Darren and Scotty missed their train. Yeah. No, we took a little train we in took, the city. Yeah. I that call makes. it a train Gotcha. All right, our last little bit of tech news. Georgia Tech's new prosthetic arm enables amputees to control individual fingers. Hell yeah. So Jason Barnes lost his right arm in 2012 and consequently his ability to play the drums and piano. In 2014, Georgia Tech created a prosthetic arm that enabled him to play the drums. And now in 2017, it's given him the means to play the piano again. So that's pretty cool. Because a lot of uh, the prosthetic arms that we've seen will just, like, you open have, like, and a, close. Maybe, like, a three-point, like, a three-prong claw, mm-hmm. kind of. Like, you don't have a lot of individual parts. But, you know, technology has uh, progressed in such a way that That's you true. can do the individual parts. Which I think is really cool. There's a video of him working. They call it the Skywalker hand. And I did think exactly of, um, like, Luke, Luke Skywalker. Skywalker's hand. Let's see if you can see it in action. So it does, yeah, it moves. That's so cool. Individual fingers move. The future is now. The future is now. I love that. Awesome. That's great. That's great. All right. Renny, you got some pop culture news for me? I always have pop culture news for you. Pop culture news. Pop culture news. Pop culture. And board board game game news. news. Do, do, do. Let me just, oh my, I don't, I, my phone just updated recently to the new iOS update, and, like, I don't know how it works anymore. <coughs> oh, okay, so, my first piece of pop culture news that I'm pretty excited for is the new Ocean's 8 movie um, yeah. trailer has come out. Tessa and I watched it before we started recording. It looks pretty fun and funny. For those of you who aren't aware, the Oceans series of movies are basically like movies where a bunch of dudes get together and perform a heist and they're all like rich and beautiful. Or they or they want to be rich and beautiful. Or they want to be rich and beautiful. Um, and the newest Oceans movie is going to be the first movie that has an all-female cast. All ladies and it doing heists. also has like really heavy hitters who are playing roles like Sandra Bullock and Mindy Calling and Rihanna of all Rihanna things. Rihanna is in it. I'm so and excited I'm so for excited Rihanna. For that. And like Kate Blanchett is in the movie? No. 
Yep. Yeah. Blanchettes in there. Yeah. Okay. I was like, am I thinking of another rich white lady? I can't no, be there's sure. There's a lot. There's a lot. Like, there's a lot of white ladies, but there are also like there's, there's more than of, one person of color. Yeah. Aquafina is playing um one of the roles, which I'm very excited for. She is a Asian rapper. Um, nice. Shout out to Aquafina. And like, so, I'm just so excited. I've never seen any of the Ocean's movies. Oh, and Helena I mean, Bonham Carter is there. Yes, she's also like I've never seen any of the Ocean's movies. It's always been something that I wanted to do, but because I like the idea of a heist film. So, I like, the trailer for this one just seemed super fun. Mm -hmm. Somebody asked, can't we just go to the event? Do we have to rob it? I'm like, yes, we're going to rob it. See, and Uh, I would be the one asking that question. I'd be like, can we just... Can we just go? I'd be the the one who's like, no, we're going because we want to be rich. (laughs) It's great. It's great. They go to... They find these people who, like, seem like they don't have money. Like, there's somebody who is just shining shoes that they go to. We're like, hey, you want to be in on a heist? What if we can make all of this... What if we go away so that you don't have to live with your mom anymore? Anyway, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah. We've been seeing a lot of uh, representation, like representation has been talked about a lot in Hollywood. And I think just like, yeah, give me some more women with women in it. Some more women with women in it is what I said. Yeah. But I meant to say more movies with women in it. I mean, also women with women. Like, I hope that some women fall in love in this movie. Yeah. And I like how it's not, you know... More women of color. More yeah. women of color in films. I need more women of color in my films. I'm just on. waiting on that Lapita Nuango and Rihanna movie that yes. Tumblr tried to create. I love that idea. Yeah, which apparently oh. Ava DuVernay has expressed interest in directing. And so. somebody is writing, somebody else expressed interest in writing like a mock script. I think that was or like a spec Was script. it Issa Rae? It was some well-known black lady. It was someone. Which but I'm like, like. I'm into it. Sign me into up. Into it. Um. Are you ready for my next piece of pop culture news? I'm ready. Hit me with it. So Hollywood is making progress to include more performers living with disabilities. Yeah. What? That's Um, awesome. Yeah. So according to Deadline, the Casting Society of America is holding open casting calls across the U.S. on January 7th, 2018 for performers hoping to break into the entertainment industry. Um, And these performers that they're looking for are they're very much trying to find diversity and it's in particular for um actors and performers with disabilities so i'm super excited because like can you like off the top of your head think of a show that had like an actor in a wheelchair there's one that's out right now that i see gifts on tumblr oh really Um, but i have no idea what it is oh it's a teenager and uh, from what I've heard, some buzz from fans who are watching is that it's not, like, about his disability. Like, it's not like, oh, no, here's a kid who's disabled. So is he just, like, a re- real kid? Like, it's just, like, a regular yeah, TV show. That's a good thing. Which is a great thing. But that's the only one. I don't even know the title of it. And I have not seen it anywhere except on a few specific people that I follow on the internet who are talking about it. So, like, in like, a very so niche corner. Basically, there's none. There's none. And yeah. it makes me so mad. And then if they do have, like, a character who's in a wheelchair, they'll just hire an able-bodied person to yeah. act that like, way. Like Drake and Degrassi. Yeah. Basically. Or like that Me Before You movie oh, that a lot of disabled yeah. people were angry about, where like an um, able-bodied person gets disabled and then wants to kill himself because, you know, once you're disabled, your life is over. over. Oh, and Eddie Raymond in The Theory of oh, Everything. The Theory of Everything? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I think that's really awesome because um, we've talked a lot about representation, but we don't get to talk a lot about 
abled body representation or non abled body representation. Yeah, disability representation. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like, mm, so it's good. super important because there's a lot of people out there who are, live with disabilities and they live perfectly fine lives. Yeah. Um, like, you, we need to tell, like, have people tell their own stories is exactly. another theme. It's yeah. so good. The goal that the casting society of America is hoping to achieve is to offer actors the opportunity to work with casting directors who are looking to expand their knowledge of underrepresented and undiscovered talent in a professional casting environment. Good. So I think that's good. That shows um, an attempt to learn or attempt to do better. Willingness to grow. Yeah. So good. Good. That's good news. Can we talk about something that's not like... Good news. But it's just like, something that makes you happy. That makes me happy a All little right. bit, or like not even happy, but just like <laughs> satisfied. <laughs> yeah, satisfied is a good word for it. All right, whip it out. Um, so Taylor Swift apparently came out with a new app. I didn't hear about this. Me neither. What's this app? It's called the Swift Life, oh. and I guess it's just like from the article, it kind of just sounds like it was a space where like fans of Taylor Swift could post selfies and like talk to each other. So it's like. A Discord channel just for Taylor Swift without being on Discord. Yeah. It's a Facebook much. group without being on Facebook. Pretty, I guess cool. that's what it is. Reinvented the wheel there. Tay-tay. And then, well, all celebrities have these now, apparently. Oh, like, what? Yeah. Kylie has one. Kim has one. God. Like, I think the Kardashians kind of, like, started the trend of having an app. Should we make one for the pod? No. <laughs> That's too much work. It's so much work. It would just, just you know, just follow us on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> So, apparently, uh, the app, very quickly, because it just dropped, has turned into a hot-ass mess for Republicans and homophobes to vent on. Um, What? Yeah, and, I mean, Taylor Swift does have a history of being a lightning rod for political commentary. She was notoriously quiet during the election, um, and she's... Very much, I found this out very recently, but alt-right people love her, and, uh, like, that makes sense, but, like, they hold her up on a pedestal, or a pedestal, and, like, (laughs) they just love T-Swift, and I guess someone wrote an article, like, calling Taylor out on not, like... Calling these people out? Yeah, and not, like, you know... (laughs) No, because they're giving her money, so of course she's gonna be fine with it. But Taylor's representation, like reps got in contact with the person who wrote the article and they were like hey taylor doesn't contone uh white supremacy just so you know but also could you take this article down please because it's really like it's not it's not super good like taylor doesn't condone white supremacy but also we're not gonna have her say that out loud publicly yeah just so you know and like so that's hilarious (laughs) but apparently this all started um with a post by a user who said, I hope everyone who voted for and supported Hillary gets to meet Taylor. And people have usernames like Taylor hates Republicans. And then all of the people who are Republican and love Taylor Swift uh, started like fighting with each other. So one user was quoted as saying, Republican and Trump supporters have just as much a right to be here as everyone. There are people who voted for him or may vote Republican, but didn't vote for him. And 
Then someone commented and was like, I just don't accept gays, lesbians, and bisexuals. Oofta doofta. All of these teens are just, like, getting pretty fucked up. So, and it's hard, if the app is still running, it's hard to say that Taylor Swift does not condone white supremacy because she's giving them a place to talk with each other. Yeah. And, like, there's Um, no, there's no reasoning with Nazis. Like, you don't try and listen to their point of view and try and reach a middle ground. No, you punch them in the fucking face. It's true. According to one post on the app, there's, like, moderators are removing political posts, Ooh. but, like, they're being posted at such they're a rate so that fast. it's, like, you, you so can't fast. really moderate that. Um, and in the community, the app's community guidelines, it doesn't, like, prohibit talking about politics, but it does prohibit um, abusive, disrespectful, harassing, threatening, violent, predatory, or stalking conduct. Basically just copy-paste from every other app in existence. Yeah, pretty much. You know, like, oh, you know, you, you're not supposed to say these things. I mean, Twitter has that in their terms of service. Yeah. And we know how good Twitter is at shutting that down. Oh, oh and Taylor. She's talked a little bit, like, this article mentions, like, like with Swift herself, the app stance on politics is confusingly vague. Many fans were left in a bad taste in their mouth after the singer refused to address or disavow her fans in the neo-Nazi and alt-right movements. Um, so that's great. I just, Taylor Swift's, she's not a good person. She's not worth talking about anymore. No. Like, when she, the very moment she decided to make her new album about all of the old shit and, like, fights and drama that she's been involved in for the last, like, three years, like, that's the minute she became old and wasted to me. It's, yeah, she's like, not relevant. Taylor and- Swift could have revitalized herself so well. She could have came back and, like, actually made an attempt to be, like, a good feminist icon i'm using air quotes when i talk about that (laughs) but like no she was like you know what these kids want to hear another album about they want to hear another album about how me and kanye don't get along well and she has this fucking like her new tour for that album was just this huge cash grab you had to pay money to get onto a list to see if you could get a ticket and to get higher up on the list you bought more merch and more albums Which are already super overpriced. Also, you shared links. I saw a lot of that. It was so gross. It's so gross. Yeah. Taylor Swift's literally a trash bandit, and I don't like her. (laughs) And this is coming from a person who started off hating Taylor Swift, because I hated her when I was a kid. And then when her, like, 1987 album came out, the, like, pop one, I, like, rode for Taylor for, like, a brief, like, eight months. I was like, Taylor Swift's great. She's working it. She's coming up in the world. That's my lady. And then, like, all that shit with Kim and Kanye happened, and I was like, never mind. Taylor Swift's literally the trash bandit. We all thought she was. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, so that's, sorry, I just, anyway, that's, I know it's not happy, but it just, we blacked out for a bit. The podcast is still happy, right? (laughs) I don't remember the last five minutes. It just makes what's, sense. What's the pop culture news, Marina? Um, so uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, we know that they have already announced their engagement. They have also set a date for their wedding. It's in May, right? Yes. 
Um, and that Which was just the, the were. big piece of news that I wanted to share before transitioning into a smaller piece of news. So they've set their date. They're lovely. They're in love. They're excited. Also, Meghan Markle is like literally feminist icon. Like she's so pretty since, and she's like. But I found so out good. since she was thirteen, she's been working on women's rights. Yes. Like her, oh, I was hoping her yeah. mom, who is like this lovely yoga instructor with dreads, lady. Like I just think it's so hilarious that like. Prince William's mom was, or Prince Harry's mom was like Princess Diana, rest in peace. And, and like Meghan Markle's mom is a yoga instructor. Yeah, and like That's fucking dope. Because of who Diana was as a person, they totally would have still gotten. They would have gotten along. They so would have been so great. And like, I just think that's really beautiful. It warms my heart. And I just wanted to talk about them, even though there's not a whole lot of news going on. But Meghan Markle's me great. Meghan Markle. Yes, Meghan Markle. I hoped she would be. Oh, oh, I love. I love it when you like you think a celebrity is good, and, and they, they prove that they actually are, are good. good, and you're just like, yes. My next piece of news is that Prince William and Prince Harry, just like you and I, Tessa, went to Star Wars <gasps> because I the new Star gonna... Wars movie is out. <laughs> I definitely thought you were going to say they started a podcast. That's where I thought oh you were god, going. Oh my god! Can, you, can imagine? you imagine two princes? I would watch it. I'd listen to it. Every I'd be day. yeah. I'd, I'd be, be like, like what's wh- up? <laughs> what's happening in Buckingham today, Willie? Uh, but yes, be- they saw Star Wars. We saw Star Wars. It was great. Oh my god! The movie. This is a no spoilers discussion. Spoiler free. Um, but it was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I laughed. I cried. And I, I realized I'm a fucking huge Star Wars. I nerd. think what I enjoyed about that movie the most was that like. I don't know, it wasn't afraid to be like, yes, hello, we are Star Wars. In the sense that there was like, I don't know, like the Pogs, the new little animal. Porgs. The new little, like, bird friends. They don't look the best. Like, they're kind of goofy and kind of weird. And, like, they look like kind of like, they look like little puppets. And I think that's, like, my favorite part about them is they kind of look a little cheesy. But Star Wars is kind of cheesy. That's exactly it. They're not afraid to be like, I'm just so glad that they're still keeping up with that, like, lighthearted, cheesy, warm, like, hope, shoving it in your face movie. I mean, the first movie was called A New Hope. It's always been like that. I know. know. It makes me, yeah, it makes me so happy. But every time I, like, because there's always drama with movie production. Oh, yeah. And they're always like, I had heard talk about, like, how this movie didn't feel like a Star Wars movie, but, like, it still felt like a Star Wars movie to it me. It felt like a Star Wars movie to me, yeah. This movie, in watching this movie, I mean, I knew about Star Wars. My older brother growing up loved Star Wars. We had episode one on VHS when we were kids, and when you're a kid, that fuck, the movie's fucking hilarious. It's got yeah. pod racing in it. It's great. It's true. Um, And, like, we watched all of it, and, like, I always thought that I was, you know, I liked Star Wars in the sense that I, like, Lord of the Rings like it's a big cultural phenomenon that didn't really affect me personally but I'm glad it exists because it changed so much in the world and mm-hmm. means a lot to a lot of people but it wasn't until watching this movie and the title comes on and the theme comes on and they start this scroll and I just wanted to stand up and like cheer and I'm like oh fuck I'm a really big Star Wars nerd y'all and it was just like a really good story it was such a good story it's my favorite movie yeah. I think now i'm so happy with this trilogy and it was so much fun to watch it was also just a really funny movie there were so many good jokes no one laughed in the theater enough but like they were like they weren't like marvel jokes with little one-liners and stuff it was more like 
just like these actual comedic actual com- comedic stuff yeah. that happened. Yeah, like, please oh, go see man. Star Wars if you can. This is spoiler free. Yeah, I want to like tell you guys some of my favorite jokes, but I'll leave I'll leave those leave those out. But ugh, it was so it was good. fun. It was fun. Yeah. And we also, see, we I love see. Rose. Rose, the new character. No one talked about her enough, but she's so sweet and so cute, and she got a little like cute little face that I just want to like squeeze. I loved her. It's and like. Her, the actress who plays her is super great and super cute. Marina yeah. was telling me, like, read this article. Oh, there's a great her. article in, but like, by BuzzFeed that like interviews her and does a little profile on her. And she so seems, um, yeah. I just, I'm hoping, I hope she's doing well. I hope mm-hmm. they all had fun at the premiere. I love John Boyega. I love everyone who's a part of that film. We, we love you and we miss you, Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. I was so sorry to hear that you were strangled by your own bra, but I hope you're smiling down on us. Yeah. And I hope he likes the premiere. <laughs> Uh, yeah go see star wars it was so good it was so good also just like mm, the talk that they had about like and like how okay Okay. i don't know if we can talk anymore because people are gonna be so mad at the spoilers it was so good i was gonna beep random words in the phrase you just said just to help just in case thanks tessa just in case but Um, i know i it's it's so important and i'm so glad that we saw it together so that we can talk about it oh my last piece of information is uh, my Kim Kardashian clan pregnancy scam. Woo, 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 woo. Um, we know a little bit more now about uh, the surrogate. Nice. She is a 27-year-old who is married with two children. Okay. Um, she is a Democrat. Cool. That's a relief. That's Yeah. Fucking um, thank you. And she <laughs> is not a super fan of the Kardashians, but is familiar with them. Oh. Um, and she's also an African-American woman. Cool. And that's what we know about the surrogate. Again, of course, I, even if we do ever find out her name and, like, if it ever gets revealed, I don't think we'll talk about that on the pod. because no, I give her some privacy. Yeah, I want to respect this woman's space. Um, but those are, like, I think the buzz, like, those are the buzzwords everyone's interested in. And, um, like, kind of like, thank God, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's a Democrat. Oops. I mean, but I've, I've seen some of Kim's tweets and... There's no way she would have gone any other way. It's true. I think. They, Kim is a, a Democrat. Well, I mean. She's like she, Democrat light. She, yeah. <laughs> she is married to a man who said George Bush hates black people on live TV at one point. But then Kim, they, Kanye also has like a wildlife because he went on a wild tirade about Donald Trump and running for president. So, like, what's happening in celebrities' brains? We don't know. Anyway, don't know. that's the only update I have. Still no confirmation on Kylie or Courtney. Oh, or- there was a new Snapchat article mm-hmm. about how Chloe took a photo of her new glasses. And in the reflection of those glasses, people are claiming that they see a pregnancy t- um pillow one of those big like noodle pillows that yeah, you form around your that body wrap which all like around you. you could just be using that in general i want to get me one of those and i don't ever want to be pregnant it's true it's true so who knows i but guess yeah. we won't know for sure until the until it drops until the, uh, the baby just pops right on out and they're like hello dramatically just like how felicia day really like announced her pregnancy she's I- just like you, I only found out when she, like two days before her due date. <laughs> she Good posted Lord. about it on Twitter and was like, "Hello." I, I thought pregnant. about waiting until the baby was born, but I was like, "Why not just do it now?" And I'm like, "What?" That's funny, Felicia. Yeah, yeah, pregnancies. 
To be updated at a later date. Babies. Okay, you ready for some board game news? Yes. Bam, bam. So we talked about Regency Encounters on the top of the pod. Mm -hmm. It's somebody I know, actually, like somebody in my religious community who started this whole Regency Encounters company. Mm -hmm. And it's probably not a super big company. You know, I think it's just her, maybe a couple other people that do all of these historical events. And oh, by the way, they also do D&D in a castle. This is a new event. Um, for about $3,000, you can go to France and play Dungeons and Dragons in a castle with Orion Acaba from Critical Role. Oh. And I know Orion Acaba from Critical Role and like some of his other voice acting work and like the uh, the Stormwind um Yeah, because I was like, that stuff. sounds fun, but it, I'd have to make sure it was a DM I enjoyed. Yeah. So no, that's it's, a nice beneficial it's, thing. It's him. It's the guy that, <laughs> it's the guy I've been following for a couple years. So the the price, which is two thousand six hundred and seventy five USD per person, is that also with flight? It includes accommodation at the castle, all meals, and all gaming. You would have to get yourself there and back. Okay. They've got an FAQ. They always offer vegetarian, vegan, and gluten free options. Tickets are sold by the room, and the cost of the room includes registration for the capacity of the room. So a double room includes registration for up to two people. So um. The $2,675 is, like, for a double occupancy room. Mm-hmm. From So from what I know, that would be, like, that you could split that price between two people. Okay. And, yeah, you registration is part of the accommodation package. So you can't just go to a, a nearby hotel. You do get to stay. Like, the whole thing is staying in the castle. Yeah. And playing D&D. All uh, right. So you can bring kids, but they have a minimum age of 14. Yeah, anyone under 18 must be accompanied by a registered responsible adult. Okay. And it kind of explains who, like, Dunge- what Dungeons and Dragons is and who are the DMs and who is Orion Kaba, who is Tiberius Stormwind from Draconian Knights and Critical Role. I don't know what any of that means. It's I don't follow big, Critical big Role old, at all. big old nerd stuff. So there are two two-and-a-half-hour sessions during the day and longer sessions in the evening. Play will begin at 10 a.m. and run until at least midnight each day, breaking for meals. Everyone will have the opportunity to play at least 24 hours of D&D over the retreat. So it's like a full thing. It's a full thing. So the daytime sessions, you're supposed to show up, and the evening sessions are optional. And like, this crazy! What? What? Four days of nonstop gaming in a fucking castle. That's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) And it's somebody like, I know who did this? Which means like... They had to talk with Orion Akaba to put this on, and also France to put it in this uh, castle. It's crazy. That's so It's crazy. I'm so happy for them. I'm so happy for her. Uh, It's crazy. If you would like to donate $5,000 to the podcast so Tessa and I could go and cover (laughs) cover this, uh, please let us know. Let us know. We are currently looking for our own patron. (laughs) Just one patron for five grand. Just one. Just one. Just one. All right. Bit more uh, board game news. This is a review for Divinity Derby, which is a board game that will be in retail stores from December 14th. Okay. Um, other countries will see the release in the coming weeks. So Zeus invited you, along with a bunch of other divine friends from all around the multiverse, for a little get-together on Mount Olympus. After a legendary lunch and more than a few rounds of ambrosia, the drink of the gods, you start arguing. Which mythic creature is the fastest? Isn't Pegasus a better flyer than a Lamassu? Can the fire breath of a dragon stop a phoenix? So it's a card-driven racing and betting game with three to six players. Um, it 
plays quickly and caters for ages 10 plus, and you assume the roles of gods who are betting on a race among these mythical flying creatures. It just seems super fun. The artwork is super fun from this photo that you see. They've got little mm-hmm. minis of the Pegasus and the dragon and a little board where you race around. It just If you want the kids to play poker at an early age, start them off with Divinity Derby. Get them betting on the fantasy ponies. <laughs> All right. Let's go to our Kickstarters. This one you'll love. Ooh, Hives and Honeycombs. It's a fast-paced tactical board slash card game for two to four players. Race to build your empire and conquer the bee kingdom. Marina loves bees. I love bees. So uh, this project Mm. will be, it goes through Thursday, December 21st at 2.49 a.m. Mountain Time. They're looking for $10,000 and they've got $3,311 so far. So it might not get funded, but it looks beautiful. Please for fund 30 this to 60 game. Minutes. Um, Collect nectar. So the game honey. ends when someone gets three active hives. Whoever's bee empire is worth the most wins. So the cards are really cute. You can have like a city hive, a mountain hive, a woodland hive. You uh, pick hives and queens and you buy like other cards and to try and get more resources and like exchange cards to make honey. I love it. So everyone can see what you do. So if your plans are too obvious, someone will make it their mission to stop you. So it's one of those games where you've got to, you know, you got to oh, keep track of your own stuff, but, but also, also look be at watching what everyone stuff, else is doing. Because that's the strategy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really cool. So it plays a little bit like Splendor in that way, where it's, you can see other people's uh, fans. It's time to prove your worth as queen of the bees. The artwork is super cute. It's these minimalist uh, designs with these beautiful, um, like. Not quite pastel, just kind of like vibrant pastel or like mm-hmm. muted original colors. Like they're just gorgeous. It's really they're nice. just gorgeous, and it's about bees. And because it's a car game, you can play it anywhere. And it's thirty to sixty minutes. Bring it to the restaurant and play it between when you order and when you get your food. That's so smart. Like it's not quite a micro game like uh, uh, Love Letters is, but it's close. Yeah, yeah, I it's like great. It. The second uh, Kickstarter we've got. It's called New Aether, Mechanics, Mutations, and Magic. It's a game, a video game RPG adventure in a tabletop setting. Oh! Get mutated, grease your robot arm, and ready your spells. Oh, good lord. They were looking for only 750 bucks, and they've got a thousand, so this project is happening. It also has a deadline of Thursday, December 21st, 7 in the morning. So, it's called New Aether, which is cool. It feels like a video game world more than a traditional... Uh, tabletop role-playing game. Farmers have an infinite supply of bread and cheese wheels to sell, even though their farms only seem to grow a small patch of wheat and they have just one cow. Uh, it, it looks... What really drew me to this game is the artwork. It's like a pixelated it's style. It's this pixelated, beautiful style that reminded me a lot of the video game Hyper Light Drifter. Oh, yeah. It's very similar. Where it's pixelated, but it doesn't look just like sprites. Mm-hmm. Like, there's more of the details in it. And, um... They kind of sound like similar games, so I'm just going to make a gamble here and say if you liked Hyper Light Drifter by Heart Machine, you might like New Aether. I always love tabletop games. Like, I love tabletop RPGs and I want to play more. Oh, speaking of game news, I I saw a fucking post uh-huh. um, on Facebook about a new game that's like Harvest Moon, but with the graphics of... Like, a higher quality, like, Skyrim game? What? What is this game called? I don't know. I'm going to go find it right now. Find it right now. I just... That's my my goal in life for games, you know? Yeah. 
That sounds. I've never really played Harvest Moon, and I've always wanted to because it seems extremely up my alley. Yeah, you um, just get friends' food. I just I love farming. I love doing that kind of thing. Oh, I can't find it. Living in the world and romancing people. Okay, I can't find it right now, but I will find it. Okay. Maybe on the next pod we'll finally get to talk about it. Maybe. Well, speaking of, since we're at the end of the episode here, let's talk about the next pod. So I'm going to pull up a calendar. We are taking a break for Christmas. Um, this yes. podcast will be coming back. How long of a break you want to take, Marina? Two um, weeks? Three weeks? I think we should start, what, January 9th again? Next podcast out January 9th? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Give us a little bit of a break. Give us a little bit of a break. Give us time to rest up and, uh... I don't know about you guys, but this semester of school really effed me up. I'm gonna <sighs> need to take a, a... I need to distance myself from everything. Just take some time for yourself, which I will mention, you know how much, you know, we always talk about, or not we in the podcast, but we podcasters in general, at least, there's the idea that you want to try and release episodes consistently, and we do want to talk to you guys, the you listeners who like to listen to us chat, but also, this is not our job, this is something we do outside, and we're yeah. going to try and make it a weekly thing, but I'm thinking in next semester, there might be times, there's definitely going to be times when we're not going to be able to do it every week, just because of life. I will be entering a practicum. Which means that I will essentially be working Monday to Friday, 40 plus hours, not getting paid for it. In fact, I'm paying to do it. Paying to do it. So my like workload is going to be incredibly high. It's going to be incredibly high. And um, in top, yeah. on top of like working a real job to afford to be able to pay people to let me work at this fake job so that I can prove to them that I'm good enough. Yeah. To work a real job. <laughs> so we'll see. January will kind of be a testing ground for how the next semester of recording is going to go. Yeah. And we'll see. We're going to try and do it weekly for now. I say that pre-Christmas and pre-second semester and all that yeah. crap. But we'll see what happens. And We're going we to do our best. Our schedules, if we have to change the schedule because of life, we'll let you know. Um, Yeah. Lots of love And then to when y'all. summertime hits... The pod will do so well. Oh my god, we'll be able to do so much. We can do more of like the Saturday night specials. Oh man. Yes. Where we record snack foods. I love. Also, I just, I'm really hungry right now. Oh, I know. I need lunch Did you really hear bad. my tummy rumbling? I did. Yeah. Oh, I did. Okay, so let's just real quickly blow through all the stuff you already know. If you're interested in looking at these news articles yourself, you can find us at facebook.com slash GNE podcast where we post Pretty much all of them, or we try to. You can also find us at gnepodcast.tumblr.com. We're at gnepodcast on Twitter and Instagram. And our theme song is Cheery Monday by Kevin McLeod. Follow and review and also check out the all other Collective Legacy podcasts. We are on iTunes. Please leave us iTunes reviews. Woo, we love iTunes reviews. I should really check iTunes and see if we've got any reviews. I'm going to go take a look. Because I don't use iTunes a lot. I'm like an Android person. Um, and also, like iTunes is really annoying for me to use. I love so, iTunes. So, yeah, but we're, like, we've got SoundCloud right now. We're trying to get onto other networks. Like, I think we're on Google Play Music, and I know we're trying to get onto, um, what's that one? Spotify. Yeah. yeah. We're trying to get on Spotify, too. 
all that good stuff. Okay, yeah. apparently we don't have enough reviews to have a review. So I don't even think we have a single review. So, I mean, you know, you hear every creator tell you to like and review, and that's because it actually works. Yeah, if you could just, like, like and review just so we have a review, that'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah, be great. I'd appreciate that. All right. Okay. Um, happy holidays. Happy New Year. We'll see you in January in 2018 where, um... Hopefully this dumpster fire ends and a new, better world emerges from the ashes like a phoenix. We can hope. We can hope. Okay. All right, my friends. Bye! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Roland Solo. My character is Snick. Snick the Kobold Slayer. She is a gnome ranger. The gnome ranger. <laughs> I just realized that. Roland Solo is a multi-character story that takes place in Aland, a country full of betrayal, hope, loss, and destiny. Ooh. Ooh. Our characters are ferocious, strong, and smart, but are they able to withstand the story that is playing out before them? Whoa, 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 whoa. wait a second. And I'm um, a dirty hippie. Does he have a bow? I thought he had a bow. I forget. I think he had a bow. Plot relevant mammoths. <laughs> Can I roll for plot, Tessa? This is gonna sound bonkers. And will the DM be able to make this story make sense? Yeah! Yeah! New episodes every second Friday on CollectiveLegacy.org or wherever you download podcasts. Brought to you by Collective, Collective Legacy. Legacy. A podcast network.